Chops TV. You will be chopped. Know what that means? Licking my chops. Today I will show you how to do a karate chop. Simply saying, no, he doesn't have the chops to do what it takes. New thing. I'm busting chops. Welcome to Chops TV, featuring Jennifer Lopez. Now here's Chops. Chops TV, Chops and J-Lo with you today, and we did something we've done a few times. We just went and saw a movie, and now we're here, and we're ready to talk about it. So, Jen, I'll give you the floor first to, in one word, how did you feel about the movie we saw, and then I'll reveal what movie we Mm. saw, even though people would probably already see it in the title. One word, movie, uh, vibes? Vibes? And good? Bad? What what vibes? You said one word. But vibes is a word that it really needs an adjective, so it was a bad one word. <laughs> I was I was uh specifically vague. So I didn't get called out. Mm. Well, okay, so what adjective would you <laughs> attribute to vibes? Um uh permeating. Permeating. It's uh, I, I hate you. That does, <laughs> that's what vibes are. Okay. <laughs> So, we just saw The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is a Dracula movie on a boat. Um, you maybe saw it. They like had a push right at the end to, to market this movie. It was not marketed yeah, very much. Within like, the last like two or three Yeah, weeks. and then all of a sudden it just showed up on your Twitter feed and you're like, what's this? It kind of interests me. I was like, well, that looks like fun. Dracula fighting people on a boat. It's raining. They're at sea. Okay. I think I can give this a shot. Then I saw a review of it that was very negative. But I would say, well, no, it was not the best movie I've ever seen. I do not think it's going to be a movie that is going to live up to this IndieWire uh, review that I that I read. I just don't think it was the most accurate depiction of it. And I'll have ways to pick it apart as we get through the movie. But overall, I would say it's probably like a B- minus for me. It's not something I loved. But I kind of liked it. And with the sequel bait at the end... Spoiler alerts from here on out. That's how we always do it. With the sequel bait at the end, yeah, I would go see the second one. Yeah, absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I didn't watch any reviews or like look up any reviews because I knew that you wanted to see it. And thing about me is I'm always looking for content for this podcast. This is my number one priority. So I'm like, I don't want to taint anything if we're going to end up seeing this in the movie theater, which we did. So I'm glad I did it going in fresh. I didn't even know it was about Dracula until yesterday. Until Until you told me. Yeah, you had no idea what it All you knew is that I said that I wanted to see it. I said it's a vampire, I think, Mm -hmm. on a boat. Yes. And that was period clearly. That was one thing that uh, the IndieWire article said is like, oh, they just did Alien on a boat. And I was like, I don't, I mean, yes, like the idea of like there's a monster and they're on a vessel and they're getting picked off one by one. But like, that's it. That's the end of the comparisons because Alien is the xenomorph. Thanks, Kit, for that. She's our little She's alien. She's super hyped too. <laughs> yeah. So the xenomorph is a killing machine that is going to systematically kill somebody, but it doesn't have any rules. It doesn't have to stay in the dark. It doesn't have to sleep. It doesn't even have to feed on the people it's killing. So, like, that's a, a huge it's difference just like right sport, there. It's right? It also doesn't even... It's not thinking. It doesn't need the people. It's not doing it in a way to, like... In this, we, we eventually learned that Dracula was killing them one by one. Not for ease. Not for anything but like that. Just because... Logistics. It needed a person a day to stay alive on a voyage because they were out at sea. And Dracula can't just fly to the coast once they were far enough out at sea. So, no, I don't think it was just... There were similarities, but I do not think it was just alien on a boat. I think it had different things and and different ones. One thing I will give IndieWire's review credit for, but I only half credit because one time they said, like, they didn't even try to look for the thing in the daylight. And it's like, well, at one point they did search the entire ship during the day. That did happen. And then they found where they thought... Dracula was sleeping and sure they could have then tried to open that during the day maybe they needed some sort of explanation about like the sunlight can't get in there or whatever I don't know something that explains why that wasn't what they tried or maybe they were just afraid because maybe they didn't fully know the rules what if they opened it and then they're just face to face then what that was that was one of the things that one of my biggest takeaways from the movie is that watching it I was trying to remember actual like Bram Stoker's Dracula because I'm like what kind of rules are we applying here? Like, 
can that Dracula get staked in the heart and he's toast, like sunlight, garlic, like garlic is kind of dumb, but you know what I mean. Like, Mm -hmm. what are the rules of this vampiric system, right, in this film? And it was honestly scarier that we didn't know along, but unless you're familiar with that novel, we wouldn't know unless, just like the crew doesn't know. So it gives this like an air, more suspense to it versus like, us screaming at the at the screen get him out in sunlight like do all these things you know what i mean yeah we're not sure what kind of world we're in right and i was worried that we were going to get a little like hint of that at the end when it turned out it was dracula knocking his cane kind of mimicking what they were doing on the ship how they communicated on the ship but at first i thought it was dracula like knocking at the pub and that somebody was going to be like, it's open, come on in. And then he was going to come in and we would get that little, ooh, that's, that's vampires. But yeah, I mean, except for the people he like infected, the people who lived just enough after he had, had bitten them mm-hmm. and were kind of like possessed by him in a way, they uh, they burned up in the sun. But we didn't. we never got him in the sun in any way. So we didn't know, like, I could see that from their standpoint that they didn't know that for sure. And what if you do just open up his coffin and he's just there? And then, yeah. then what? What's your plan? You're Which just going to shoot at them? At what point they do try to do that. So like you said. And, and aliens, is it like... Alien. Alien, but there's aliens, right? Yeah, but in that one, there's multiple. That's why it's called aliens. Okay, pardon. So in Alien, there is it like truly parasitic in nature? Like it is like single goal to like kill or infect? or infect or whatever. So the thing about it is it doesn't pr- reproduce itself. It's those eggs that reproduce that the face huggers jump out of. Right. And that goes into a person and then the person, then the chest burster comes out and then that thing grows to maturity very fast into the, the giant xenomorph. But so the xenomorph it's, has no So it's no trying way. to reproduce. It's not, it's not like... It's not like an infectious disease, like a zombie, right? No, it doesn't turn any anybody else into an alien. That's another thing that's that's different. But... The xenomorph itself does. There's nothing it can do to reproduce. That means that's this is revealed how the where the eggs come from in aliens. But you need a queen to lay the eggs, mm-hmm. and then the faces. They're all different entities. Well, the reason why I say that is because at one point in the movie, Clemens says uh, they're asking like if it's an infection or whatever. They're wondering if like if it's a rat disease, blah blah blah. Like what's going mm-hmm. on? Um, which like also great because part of Dracula, what makes him like so cool and like eerie and stuff is that he's like super petty so like he'll just like turn people into vampires to like spook the fuck out of everyone else on the boat and then like kill him later yeah and i guess there is a little bit of that once he like knows that it's found out maybe yeah. that like they're all like okay something is afoot here this isn't just like a, a, a rabid dog or a guy who got drunk and fell off the side of the boat they after like the third kill mm-hmm. they they really know it um, well like he doesn't have to kill the kid right he I mean, he drains him of most of his blood, but yeah. leaves enough to turn him into a vampire for, for what? There is no reason except for entertainment. Yeah, you're right. Once he gets to the the part where like the notion is there that like they know Dracula is there, he doesn't fully kill anybody except for I guess the cook who escapes on the lifeboat, but mm-hmm. he would have to bring him but back on the boat. Fuck that guy anyway. Yeah. So no, that yeah, Dracula, Dracula fucks. Yeah. He's... <laughs> or at least fucks with people. Yeah. I was interested in this. Do you know what Demeter means? Like, no, I guess the only Demeter that I know is like the goddess Demeter. Yes. Um, I was also going to say that I don't know what Demeter means, but I know that there are, are a thousand Demeters in Decalometer. I was going to say I put I put Decorders in Demeter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. So the the Greek goddess of agriculture, but I also in uh, Greek myth, she is the goddess of agriculture, agricultural fertility and protector of marriage and women. Which I thought was interesting because there's only one woman on the boat who I you could argue is kind of being protected by the men on the boat. But the men on the boat are just fodder for him because oh, the yeah. meter is not protective of of men. I also, don't know. It's there's funny. something to that. But that goes all the way back to Bram, Stro- Bram Stoker. Hey, Bram Stoker. I hardly <laughs> even know her. <laughs> um, there is something to that, though, like men giving like ships like female like personas mm-hmm. and stuff. Boats are girls. That's true. Boats are girls. And the fact that like it really was like it, it wasn't like superstitious to believe like a woman would bring you bad luck. Like it was just like part of maritime, like the fabric of maritime law and culture. They say it like it's you fact. You do not bring women on these vessels. 
we'll have to fucking throw her overboard. And they talk about throwing her overboard the minute that they see her. Mm-hmm. So uh, another thing that the uh, the IndieWire thing threw out there that I, I'm just kind of working through that as I was thinking it because I was like, okay, so when are we going to get a real good look at this? Because there are some times reportedly like where it, it's a, a guy acting it. And I don't know if it's mocap or if it's, I'm assuming it's mocap, but then it's also times where it's just straight up CGI because like you can't have a guy like fly mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and the that article, the review said that oh, it was like early 2000 CGI, and honestly, no, I mean no. it's shrouded in darkness a lot. It's got a lot of fog. It's got a lot of rain, so that makes the job easier. But I thought it was good enough. And honestly, as long as CGI is good enough and it doesn't look like it's an N64 video game. I'm okay with it because I know how overworked all the VFX artists are in Hollywood, how overworked and underpaid they are. So as long as it looks good enough, I am totally okay with it. And it does not like take me out of the movie. I can suspend my disbelief enough because I'm looking at fucking Dracula. Yeah. Like it's not going to look real anyways. Cause there is no like charcoal colored man with wings that r- runs around a boat and kills people by biting them on the neck. Yeah. Like I think if you're unfamiliar with like Dracula lore, just like throughout like cinema, um, I think it would be easy to go into this. Like if you know it's about Dracula, you're expecting something that looks a little bit more like a man. Mm-hmm. But like the the early, early Dracula movies, like he does look like more like a Nosferatu type of vampire. So I thought aesthetically, even with the CGI and stuff, it works because like obviously like as he keeps eating and feeding, like he gains more power and he, you know, starts to stand up straighter and has yeah. more man mannerisms. Because my thing was like, how the fuck is he going to get to London looking like that and like get off the boat you know what i mean and when walk did he around. grab his cane right when did he get i guess the when cane he was back? that when they tried to trap him down there that's when he was like grab my cane kill top the hat. kill the first mate and then then we're gonna go yeah, and my top hat and then oh cheerio <laughs> thanks for the ride and he flew off to london yeah the that's the other thing too like because the um the girl at one point was talking about him and that like he disguises himself as a man when i first heard that I like got to that almost reminded me of the movie The Thing where like, oh, he killed somebody, but maybe he like can shapeshift away into like looking like somebody else, which is what The Thing does. The Thing can turn into any living creature and look like it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's the whole thing is nobody knows who is who. And I thought they might go that route for a second that there might be something like that because I mean, it's Dracula. You can do a lot of things with him. But what she really meant and what I got at the end is that like, he disguises himself in the way that people would think of disguises back when, like, this stuff was written. Yeah. Like, he puts on clothes and, like, wears a hat and a, and a, and a, and a jacket. And yeah. so he looks human enough in, in, in the dark. He supermans it. Yeah. But he's Don't still, like... Don't look too close. It's He still looks like Superman. Right. But he, he, he looks like a monster yeah. even though he's got a top hat on. Yeah. And glasses and a tie. And works at the Daily Bugle. <laughs> right. So that's, that's the Superman version of Dracula. Right. So... Uh, Sorry, no, go ahead. Go. So I was going to say, overall, I liked it, which is surprising to me. Yeah, and it definitely didn't like dive into so bad it's good. It wasn't no, that. It yeah. wasn't a factor like that because we've been known to to get into that malignant. Uh, what was it? Grim Cuddy. Grim Cuddy versus Dracula. Bring that to uh. theaters. I would watch a malignant too. I would probably be like, you guys don't need to make Grim Cuddy too. That was <laughs> that was good for a one off, but. When I was watching it, I was thinking of horror movies that I've watched recently that I had maybe even some excitement for. I'm like, ooh, what's this going to be? And remember how much I hated that Texas Chainsaw Massacre that came out a couple yeah, of years ago? Yeah, did hate that. I think that is still my only F on the Chops movie reviews, my only official F. Because it's like eye rolling and like it does, it's not scary in any way. It just like, it just induces you to just be like, this is so dumb. Whereas this movie... I think period specificity was pretty good. Yeah. I think the I would yeah, agree. I think the accents Except were good. Except for one thing on that. I understand that like like germology or whatever the fuck it's called, like all that stuff wouldn't like really get popular in like to the 20th century, like the understanding of germs mm-hmm. and how it can like infect areas of, you know, whatever, surgical yeah. areas and stuff. Why the fuck was he doing those blood transfusions on that dirty fucking arm? That girl's arm was filthy and he was just sticking her with needles over and over again. I don't know. I don't know also like... Clean the area. Did they know anything about blood types at that point or was it just luck of the draw and just like, let's hope 
that this is a match or do, like do bloods match up sure. okay no yeah. matter what but now we know so much that like we're only going to put the correct blood in i i was wondering that too like what how far is hematology i think that's right like hemoglobin is yeah. in. i think hematology i could be wrong mm-hmm. but that's what i'm saying <laughs> uh yeah I, I but i mean at a certain point he just had to deal with what what situation he was no, in. No, of course. Also, but... he was in a situation where he could say just about anything, and those other men were like, he says he's a doctor. He's got the stuff. I don't know. Yeah, they do call him, they call him out for potentially being a fake doctor. Yeah, but so. they also don't, like, it's, it's I burn the trash where it, where it goes up into the sky and turns into stars. That sounds wrong, but I don't know enough about stars. <laughs> That's where they were at, like, that sounds wrong, but I don't know enough about blood transfusions to do that. I like that factor that they could do the blood transfusions to stave off the Dracula yeah. infection to say, okay, here's some some new blood that isn't infected with Dracula, but you could you'd have to do it continuously. That's another thing with it. Like, how many times could he give blood in a in a certain amount of day period before he was like too. starting to wobble and fall over? Yeah, but I can let it pass because again, I didn't enjoy the movie. I thought the but, performances were good. Yeah. I uh, period specific enough that it worked. Yeah, what it, we Sir Davos is right. Yeah, the Onion Knight. Let's go Onion Knight. And then uh, Polka Dot Man from yeah. the Suicide Squad. And the one guy from uh from In the Heights. Oh, that's uh, yeah, Benny. Benny from In the Heights. Okay, yeah. that was him. I, I thought I recognized him. Voice okay. of an angel. And then I liked the uh, the guy who was like the most possessed by Dracula. He was like slamming his head through the wall. Oh, he yeah. like they he had a good character, but they also like set him up like, oh yeah, this guy's like a big brute. Like, oh yeah, he's he was definitely be... giving off like Romanoff vibes. Yeah, you know? it had like uh, it reminded me very of... Russian. It reminded me of like Resident Evil. They like set up like, oh, here's the big guy and he's coming after you. And that's like what we got from him. I will say this. Dracula, what you do on a boat with men is totally your prerogative. But as soon as you kill a dog, now it's my business. Bro. Even that's one thing when I was thinking about it because that, that was still early enough that I was like, okay, is this just alien on? Is this just alien on a ship? No, because in Alien, there's a cat, and the cat actually makes it the whole way. The cat and <laughs> Ripley are the only two that make it. Um, but in The Thing, a dog does die, and um, the thing turns into the dog. Anytime I see dogs on screen, I automatically do the Anthony Rothman test, which is, will Anthony Rothman watch this movie? An immediate fail. Yeah, they could have kept the dog around longer. It could have just killed the livestock and it would have had the same effect. As soon as I saw that dog, I said, that dog is the first one to go. Unfortunately, it hurt my heart, but it's true. Well, and they set us up that like the boat is abandoned. So you get that scene at the beginning of the boat is abandoned and look at this this captain's log and it's sort of depicting what had happened over the few days. Um, So you, you have an idea of like where they're headed, but... There is like, yes, somebody's going to survive. There has to be something from it. Stories like this also I find are interesting now. Like we're taking parts of like very well-known media and like expanding on like minute parts of that. Mm -hmm. We saw that this is like sort of a niche one, but um, The Great Comet, like that Broadway musical is from War and Peace and it's like a single chapter out of War and Peace and they made an entire musical about it. Um, Rogue One is like yeah. this idea that like... How did got, they get the plans of the Death Star? Right, and they build an entire thing around it. So I I think I like it. I don't know if we've like exhausted that quite yet, but it's very interesting because it does make me want to like revisit the source material. Yeah, I was actually thinking the same thing that I was like, ooh, when at the end, I can't remember what it was called, but they showed the pub that he was in and I was like, I bet that's a reference. Yeah. I bet that that pub is, is, is somewhere they go in the actual... Dracula novel so yeah, it did actually get me in that mood as well and it's it's a nice way to use existing IP so you get that thing that the the studios want that people know this and we can market it as as something that that they know but also gives the filmmaker a chance to be, be a, pretty creative and do something original with it and just yeah. be like here's what I, my interpretation of this small thing and if I just stretch it out here's how I filled in the blanks without also the people who are diehard fans of it being able to sit there and be and like, you didn't adapt it. it exactly like I wanted. Right. Because it, it is, you know, like, it's it's like semi-original in that sense. Yeah. I, again, I really enjoyed it, actually, surprisingly enough. Like, atmospheric also. I think that's my biggest problem with, like, 
horror movies is that there is no atmosphere and it's not scary. Well, like there were a couple of jump scares in this one and most of those didn't work for me. There was one that was like sort of effective, but um, it, but there was atmosphere to it and it felt like lived in and like the even the characters too, like there was enough about each of them that like you don't not care when they like start picking them off, especially when we get to the end and with the kid. The kid actor was actually really good. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I think with the atmosphere and everything that you're talking about is I think they did a good job of you want to see the monster when it's Dracula especially. And they did a good job of showing him in like slower moments. But then, like, shrouding him in the actual, like, killing moments and the fast moments and everything. So it kind of got to have its cake and eat its two in that sense of, like, having, okay, I got to see the monster. But also, there was a lot of times where you get the Jaws effect where, like, where is it? What's going on? Where is it going to come from? And so you, you have that. And, yeah, I, even I enjoyed with, that as well. Even with just, like, the actual, like, movie, the editing of it, like, you know this about me. I, like, am very sensitive to, like, changes in aspect ratios Mm -hmm. so like during the day and when we're on the ship and we're hanging out with the people like it's full screen and then when we go into night and like jackley starts hunting them we go into that wide screen so it was it was full screen in the daytime i you were so much better at noticing that than me i was a little nervous when you were watching the trailers because the trailers were the widescreen and the bars on the side and i'm like oh are we in a situation where like it's only in a certain aspect ratio and it won't actually fit this screen like fully. But then it then it did go wide. But I guess like what you're saying is it went full, full screen yeah, in the daytime. Were, I didn't notice were, that. There were a couple of times where like there were like widescreen moments given to daylight moments that were just like cinematic. But yeah. the crew should have listened to that guy at the beginning that said uh, dragon mark on a box. Uh-uh. Yeah. Not for me. Fucking the guy with a, the guy with a with a cloudy eye and a scar on his face. I would listen to that guy. Yeah, he seems I would like too. he's seen a few things in his life. Yeah, the guy who was like get me on that boat and then saw it and was like get me off this boat. Yeah, yeah. trust that guy. I I agree. So, now we've got kind of our like Van Helsing character to, to I was going to say on. does Clemens turn into Van Helsing? Like- That's kind of what it feels like it's alluding to. So, I I would hope that it's not just saying that, like, then this led to Bram Stoker's, I keep saying it, <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's because Bram and Dracula have an R, so why not Stroker? <laughs> I, I would hope it's not just a, like, lead into, you know, then the story happens. I kind of want the sequel. I, I enjoyed it enough. I that. absolutely enjoyed it enough. Why wasn't this released in October? I will never fucking know. No, there was a bit of me that was like, ah, oh, it's kind of it's a bit se- of a popcorn summer movie, but it's definitely not a no. blockbuster. September 30, release that shit. Yeah, I, I think for sure. And like, it's too, like, the vibes of the ship are very, like, sweatshirty and stuff. Like, you'd be, like, in that. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It was really weird. I was thinking that in the theater. I was like, God, I wish I had my big, like, fluffy sweatshirt thing on so I could, like, hide away in my little cozy. <laughs> It was really weird to watch this movie and then leave, and it was 7 p.m., and I was like, it's still going to be bright outside, and it was. So we didn't have to worry about Dracula on the way home, which is good. Isn't there, like, a romanticism to, like, the actual boat, though? Like, that seafaring life? Yeah, and I think they did it. With the sails? Like, isn't it just gorgeous, too? I'm assuming it was a rig in a big green room, and they did all of it, but I thought, especially there was one scene, like, the first or second night that they're on there, and they were up doing the sails, and the way you could see out of the water and the way they were kind of hanging on that, that like I was like, okay, this is immersive enough that like it feels like they're really on a boat. And then I thought about it and I was like, they're definitely not really on a boat, but it felt like it enough to me. Yeah. And, and I that, enjoyed that. I thought they did a really good job with the boat being like the one location, right? So like they give you a really good idea of one, being on a boat in the middle of the ocean is dangerous. And then there's Dracula on the boat, right? So there's already like an element to like danger and suspense just by being on this ship. Yeah. In like 1897. And they, yeah, so they did a good job where the the kid took him around yeah. and was like, "Here's where all the things are." But they also did a good job of not having the 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 girl character. What mm-hmm. was her name? I can't remember. Anna. I Anna. Think. Was it like it was like Mana or something. It, whatever. Doesn't matter because <laughs> she dies. Um, spoiler. 
And I like that they also didn't like, he does seem to have like an affinity for her. Like he likes her, but like they didn't like try to make it like a romance between the two. Like that would have been, nope, don't need that. We don't need them to like kiss at the end and be like, we did it. We killed Dracula. And they realize they didn't, whatever. She sails off and burns up in the sky. But when she comes to after getting the blood transfusions and she's able to fight off her infection enough to be up and walking around, she has some things to say, but not everything she's not going out like at one point he's like how does guns work on him and she's like you think my people have been like you know enslaved to him for all these years and like we know how to kill him but she's like is the best bet we got like so she's not like no we have to stake him in the heart and he's allergic to the sun we'll wear Mm -hmm. garlic around our necks i like that they didn't do that because we had just seen that trailer for that five nights at freddy movie yeah and literally in that movie not only do they have a character that explains it all but that character's in the trailer and that whole part is in the trailer yeah of a pretty known property I would argue it's like pretty popular on the internet. Uh, yeah. I think people who want to see that movie no. know the premise and they they felt they had to put it in the trailer. So yeah. I was happy that this movie didn't do that in yeah. an over exposition way. Also creating the sense of like space for the boat. Like this is a very large ship, mm-hmm. but it's still so little places to hide. Like juxtaposing that like this ship is big enough that this beastie thing whatever they think it is can't hide from them but they they can't hide from it yeah like that in and of itself is like a suspenseful scary and idea like, and like i think you could have even added more to that if you also close the the pot the plot hole of like they did go and open like after they found it that night where mm-hmm. he sleeps they went the next day and opened it up and tried to oh the sun's out but he's not there yeah. And then they start to look around and say, well, where is he? And then they go, okay, then we have to come up with this plan. I think you could have added that scene in and just close that question for other people. And also added to the mystique of, well, the, wait, once he was, has he gone back or has he just been hiding amongst the ship mm-hmm. wherever the during the daytime? Um, one thing that I would complain about, because daylight and nighttime is very important in a Dracula story, because the moonlight was really good. And I also enjoyed that, like uh, the use of lanterns and the moonlight i think even if you watch this movie at home especially at night but even at home in in the daylight maybe if you had to pull the shades a little bit you could be able to see it that's a big complaint i have you can't see movies in the dark and this movie is very important during the dark times but i think you would be able to see it i think they lit it well because just light your movies we don't it doesn't have to actually be pitch black like i know what nighttime is that's good enough Mm -hmm. but because of the little holes in the boat and because they wanted to i think make it consistent that like this moonlight is really bright out here because you're in the the open sea yeah it would come in through the windows but like it would also be the same amount of dark it seemed like on in the under part of the boat at day or night so sometimes Uh, when they were yeah in the boat i didn't know if it was day or night right away yeah me too i definitely would agree with that but i will take that for actually lighting the outside during the nighttime scenes Mm -hmm. so that's just like but it is just like a consistency thing for me um yeah, I would say it's not a needed theater experience, but no. actually wait for October when it is on streaming. And yeah. I would totally recommend The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which we just ruined for you by spoiling it. <laughs> but you'll forget it by October and you'll yeah. just remember, hey, Chop said go watch this movie. I would absolutely agree. Clearly, um, the director and producers and marketers of The Voyage, the Last Voyage of the Demeter um, are pro August 1 spooky season. <laughs> I guess. So, yeah, August is well, all the holidays are over, right? Yep. July 4th happened. It's spooky season already. We're 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 heading into it. Uh one other thing I will give as as advice for us, we have an AMC near us. Tuesday is the cheap day. Find out whatever your local theater is, find out what the cheap day is, and I totally recommend that if you can get out of work early or if you don't mind staying out a little bit later, Go and get an afternoon, evening movie on the cheap night. It, it's fun. The theater is usually not too packed, even though some people might come in and talk, even though they're one of six people in the whole theater. I've been complaining about this since COVID. But overall, I think it's the it's one of the better ways. Everybody thinks, oh, Friday night, Saturday night, let's go see a movie. But you're so busy anyways. Like, just go on yeah. a Tuesday. And Fuck that. Seeing a movie on a Friday night, kiss my ass. <laughs> seeing a movie on a Tuesday night. Chef's kiss. Yeah, what? I'm an adult. Grow up. Go see a movie on a Wednesday at noon. 
Yeah, exactly. Just leave work and go see The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Do it tomorrow. <laughs> I tell you what, for a movie that I didn't think I was going to like and I paid $2.20 to go see <laughs> for both you and I. We had some rewards built up because we uh, bought all the Barbenheimer hey, tickets. Not sponsored, but AMC premiere. Let's go. Nicole Kidman, we love you. Theta. <laughs> Takes you places you've never been before. <laughs> I'm not good at accents. <laughs> What else does she say? She says, uh, Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> She's wearing you her sound, Jack Skellington outfit. You it's sound great. just like her. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> My legs are just as long, too. So, yeah, go to your cheap movies whenever that is, and don't go out to the movies on Friday. If you do want to watch a movie on Friday, this one, most people have Amazon Prime because most people have, you know, they want the the deals on Amazon. Yes. So this one would be available on it. I will let you introduce it because you were like, we have to watch this. And I was like, all right. I was not too into it at first. At first. And I said, you know what? I think he's going to like this one because you love a rom-com. There's one thing about Mark. He's going to watch the shit out of a rom-com. Especially if it like has the idea of like being like cheesy, kind of like Hallmark Christmas movie. Goes down. I was going to say, I said, look, this is about two gay men. It is a rom-com. And you said, does it have Christmas? I said, it takes place over a period of time, potentially. And you said, yes. Then, then I'll That's give it a shot. That's all it took. And it did have Christmas and New Year's. Yes. It had all those things. So what was it? Oh, red, white, red, white, and royal blue. And what's the premise of this movie? Okay, the premise of this movie. Um, in a very realistic world, the um, the prince of England and the son of the American president uh, hook up and get together and fall, and fall in, in love. love. Yeah, so it, it's one of those, and the. As I was watching it, the one thing came to mind for me, and I was like, think about the evolution of the President's Child movies since the 90s. Because this used to be a mainstay, and I feel like we haven't seen it as much anymore. I think it's because politics have become so polarizing Mm -hmm. now that people are like, we don't even want to dive into somebody as any politician's child now. But in the 90s, I guess things were just a little easier, maybe even in the early 2000s, because it goes, I looked this up. It goes, first kid, the one with Sinbad, where he plays the Secret Service guy. That comes out in 1996. Great movie. Then there's My Date with the President's Daughter. My Date with the President's Daughter. It had its own song. That was Will Friedle. He was the one going on the date with the President's Daughter. He was the older brother, Eric uh, Eric Matthews and Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm. Right. Also Ron Stoppable, the voice of Ron Stoppable. Sure. That came out in 1998. Then in 2004, both of these came out. So I'm guessing this was a... uh, Armageddon, uh, what's Independence the... Independence Day? No, Armageddon and uh, Point Im- Impact. Oh. What's that one called? Deep Impact. Deep Impact. I'm guessing it was one of those situations where they were coming up with a movie and they they, they split ways and they said, well, I'm still going to make it. Because it's very odd to me that there were two movies in 2004 about Daughter of the President goes out to find a boyfriend and ooh, it's fun and everything. But you have First Daughter with Katie Holmes and uh, Chasing Liberty with Mandy Moore. So that's that was the first thing I thought of. And now we've gotten to the point where we're going across the pond and it's a gay relationship. So we have everything now. The, it has come full circle. Mm-hmm. On it, was, it started out, it was actually a kid's story. Yeah. Then it was somebody else was the main character dating the president's daughter. Then it was the president's daughter <laughs> is dating somebody and she's the main character. And now it's finally a president's son. President's a woman. So that's different yeah. too. And it's a gay love story, but not just any gay love story with the Prince of England. Yeah, two things. First thing, I was going to say the most unrealistic part about this movie is that a Democrat from Texas who's a woman is the president of the United States. It does seem like an unlikely place for our first uh, woman president to come from. Correct. Which there doesn't seem to be any uh, sort of revisionist history that she's not the first woman president. It does appear that that's part of the story. Secondly, the Katie the Katie Holmes President Star movie is the superior to all of them. I believe so. Even to Red, White, and Royal Blue. No, but that's a different. Well, that's, I guess it's a President's Son. Yeah, movie. that's different. President's Daughter, Katie Holmes, for all intents and purposes, in my brain canon, is the President's Daughter to this day. 
So you are my tabloidy person that I go for for like, okay, like this like stupid celebrity schlock. Is this something that we're like would really be covered this way or how's it going? And in the beginning of this movie. Or counterpoint, very serious journalism. Sure. In the beginning of this movie, the Prince of England and the president's son, he's at the wedding of the older prince, the the older brother of the the prince he ends up falling in love with. And they they don't see eye to eye. They they don't like each other. And so they're arguing, kind of not arguing, kind of just having like a little spat at the reception. Um, The president's son is drunk and eventually knocks over the giant cake. And then it becomes like international news. I do believe that part. But then it was front page of the New York Times. And I was like, would it really... I mean, I know it involves a lot of people. Would that really... Cake falls over. Does that make front page of the New York Times? And I said the New York York Times is a trash (laughs) uh, piece of uh, journalism now or something like that. Yeah, and I I was like, all right. I said, absolutely, it would make front... Maybe use the word hack at some point. (laughs) It it absolutely would make the front page of every um, major news... Network. It would be like the running story on CNN and Fox. It would be like everywhere. It would be everywhere. Honestly, it would probably come up on some of our daily shows on the fan. If yeah. that happened, that would be a big enough thing. It would. You'd wake up in the Prince morning. of England and first kid get into a cake altercation at the royal wedding. <laughs> Yeah, that would every single person on the planet would be talking about that. Not every, not everybody. Else. That just that's too many people. <laughs> that's too many. But but yes, half the people on the planet would be talking about. Yeah, everyone would be okay. Imagine this: we live in a world where teenage girls get to um, obsess over two really really hot people, and they're both in respectively in the White House and at Buckingham Palace, like. He was in the other one. I just mean like, you understand what I mean? Like in the royal family of both America and England, like it would be mayhem. It Mm. would be girl fan like you would never have never seen and will never see. Like it would be it would be absolute mayhem. I guess an important part to, you know, again, spoiler alerts for any of the movies we're talking to. But an important part about this movie is it's also like a. A coming out story for really both of them, but even like discovering of the sexuality of the president's son, where he's yeah. like, I've had some experience with men, but I am not somebody who like is like fully aware of exactly what I think my sexuality is. And like this almost like awakens it in him because, well, yeah, the, I and I think that's a difference from the book. There were a couple different differences from the book that people were talking about who I. Full disclosure, I have not read this book. It is a very, 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 very popular book. So people have a lot of feelings about it, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but apparently in the book, I think Henry, who is the president's son, is a little bit um, more like taken aback by like his feelings about Alex, where yeah. he's like, he wasn't even really like in tune with like, his feelings like sexually towards men um and then obviously like that moment with alex like he's like oh maybe i need to reconsider like what my sexuality is and this one in the movie he seems pretty confident in his bisexuality but hasn't really entertained it because of like his position as the president's son yeah like he he says like he's like had two experiences with a guy but it's not really something he goes for and he does have like a they both do. Um, I think from the prince's standpoint is a little bit more of just like cover, but they have like a playboy mentality to them, like or at least like a, an image to them that they, they're they're out on yeah. these extravagant trips and look at oh he was spotted here with this lady. They that's like yeah. laid out in the beginning. For Alex, it's movie. a beard. For Henry, guy just likes to fuck. He's <laughs> yeah. down for a good time. Yeah. That's... Except don't not with a journalist though. That was one thing that that like unhinged press secretary. Uh, was adamant about like what are you doing talking to these journalists like absolutely for the love of god do not enter an affair with a journalist and in, in washington dc and then she was in a relationship with a member of the king's guard yeah well the yeah is that what it's called in england i don't know what it's called whatever whatever i think the king's British guard Royal... is from game of thrones i know but i that's why i went with it um whatever british royal secret service is yeah, I think that guy. Yeah. Essentially, that's what what he is. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so she, you know, I guess she was just covering for herself. Who knows? Maybe she's just like, I'm better at hiding it. No, she's just she's just a press secretary and knows that this stupid, horny college kid is going to get into a muck of trouble. Is she the press secretary or the campaign manager? You know what? That's a good question. I I think she's campaign manager because she's always talking about numbers and demographics and. He's the one he's talking about sending the memo about, here's how I think we win Texas. I guess that's true. Which, yeah, he goes down there and signs up enough people to vote in Austin to have (laughs) Texas go blue. All right, movie. You're the movie. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, she... uh, At what... Like, who has more authority? Campaign manager or just son of president? I guess she just has to try to get a, a... like a you know a wrangle on it but like at a certain point can't he just do whatever he wants because like when she discovers them after the after the dnc she's like this can't happen you can't do this he has to leave we can't nobody can see you mm-hmm. and it's like can't he just be like no i guess he works for her at that point she's kind of his boss too it's the, i don't know are weird lines they do have moments in the movie where like uma thurman by the way uma thurman 2024 um where she is like very clearly um like in her like president bag like like there is a time and a place for like familiar relationships and there is a time and a place to like get serious about like trying to get more four more years in office so Mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit of that where she probably would advise like the you know her campaign advisor to like fucking get a handle on this kid i'm busy with the nukes but then when he does come to her to confide and talk about I, I'm in love with this person and I it's it's a boy and that's different than what you may have expected, she like calls in her secret yeah. service and is like, We're gonna need some pizza. There so she does a, have the, the mom moment too with him. Yeah, there is a very human element to it. Juxtaposed to uh the British monarchy, uh famously easygoing people. So I'm not sure why they were depicted in such a a negative light in this film. I liked that running gag where like the president's son didn't know anything about like British history. And he's like the, the Prince of England at one point is like, Oh, they just lock me away forever. And he's like, they can't do that. We really got to get you a book on British history. <laughs> they can do that. And they have, and they, have. And they will many a time. Um, it's a tradition in their the king is a little definitely not with it, but does king. come around to like, if you're if you want to do this, then it's your bed to make. And I'm not going to stop you at this point, especially once it looks like there's I think that's the thing that like turns it for him, which is kind of like, eh, is that the best way to depict it is like him being supportive. He really just goes, oh, so the people support it for the most part. They're like having demonstrations about like we like our gay prince. And then he kind of allows them to go out there and present themselves to the world. But the brother prince dick that guy sucks and they made him look like they made him look like uh how you would picture the villain from like a 1920s movie Mm -hmm. they had he had that haircut and he's always in a suit and didn't like that guy yeah not a fan i will say as far as the king is concerned like or just a british monarchy in general like they are so unpopular that there is nothing that they could do aside from like I don't even know what they would have to do, but they are so unpopular that they're that one of the royal family members coming out would only be net positive for them. Yeah, you're like right. they are so unpopular that if you had the British public like like young British public who are anti monarchy. Yeah, I know, you know what you mean what by mean? unpopular. Is it like low approval? Because they're obviously very popular. Like, people yes. go crazy about it. Yeah. But infamy is not, it's too strong of a word, I think. So, yeah, I guess No, just there like, is a growing sense that, like, the the importance of the monarchy is fading. And basically, the whole role of the monarchy in this day and age is justifying their existence. Mm-hmm. Why, do, why should you keep us around? Yeah, I know. That's, well, like, when he calls him uh, your majesty and he's like, it's your highness. Your majesty is reserved for the king. And I'm like... Why does this American boy have to call you anything? Like, I mean, he was just messing with, like, the the president's son was messing with him at that point. But then he, like, actually does correct him. And he, oh, you have to be on my right side. And it's like, man, I just would have no patience. I understand that, like, he has to because he's he's trying to be diplomatic and stuff. But I have no patience for that. That's, like, the thing I always go with is, like, 
if somebody introduced me to their boss, I'm not going to call him Mr. Smith. I'm going to call him by his first name because he's not my boss. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't have to be <laughs> respectful of him. He's your boss. I don't care. That same thing happened with coaches. Sometimes like on the radio show, people are like, oh, you should call him coach. You can't just call him by his first name or his last name. And I'm like, he's not my coach. Yeah, I'm not out there running laps. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we're both adults. I'm just going to call him by his name. He's not going to call me by anything formal. So that's, I don't know. Yeah. I have a big thing with with formalities of like people who haven't earned it from you. Well, we fought a whole war so that we didn't have to use like titles of state. Exactly. So, yeah, seventy seventy six. Fucking Boston. Look it up. Like bitch. I would call the president of the United States because they're like my president. I would call that Mr. President. Yeah. That I'm okay with. But like senator from a different state? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure I would say Mr. <laughs> senator. Really? What's up, Ted? That's what I would go with. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still probably would say senator. Governor? Any, anyway, anyway. How you doing, Greg? Stop. stop. We're going Newsome, on a ten. what's up? No. That's me. You're turning into chaotic, Mark. Let's get back on track here. <laughs> All right. So, hold on. Wait. Okay. For one second. So, another difference. Obviously, there's a king and not a queen. That's probably the smartest thing that they could have done because, um, especially, we just lost Queen Elizabeth, like, so recently. Mm-hmm. Bad look to make a bigot queen the one standing in the way of a happy gay relationship yeah i think you're i think you're right on that one last thing i want to get to you wrote why don't rom-coms work anymore what do you mean by that so i was trying to figure out why i like this movie and it is a huge recommendation for me um so i was trying to figure out why i like this movie versus other movies and i think firstly the leads in these rom-coms nowadays don't have any chemistry like when when alex and henry finally get together i'm like giggling like a schoolgirl, like mm-hmm. oh my god this is so cute and you know what i mean like yeah and when they have intimate moments like i'm like yeah like this is great this is doing it for me so like why don't i feel that way about other ones so ultimately it's i think actors they don't cast them good anymore like chemistry reads i don't know what happened to them post-covid they don't exist because these fucking people might as well be making out with a plank of wood. It doesn't always feel like they also let in like the next generation. Like these are two people who at the very least believably look like they're in their 20s for sure. Yeah. Where like I don't I don't care about rom-coms between two people who are in their 40s mm-hmm. or in Adam Sandler's case, one person who's in their 60s and another person yeah. who's in their 30s. The second thing I think is premise. So like girl goes to small town from big city gets stuck there and has to, you know, make nice with the disgruntled Mm -hmm. lodging owner or whatever the fuck. So, like, sick of it. I'm over it. It's good for the holidays. Keep it on Hallmark. But, like, serious rom-coms, we need to be more innovative with the tropes that we're using. So, like, obviously, like, heads of state, children to heads of state trope fall in love and, you know, create, like, magical alliances uh, with their genitals, yeah, like s- that's fine. You still get the they start out hating each other and realize that they actually have a lot more. In yeah, common and, enemies and to love lovers, like they, yeah. yeah, that is a great trope. Making it like in a in an environment where like obviously like homosexuality is still not like not widely embraced isn't the word I'm looking for, but still people have feelings about it or mm-hmm. whatever. So still setting it in like a realistic uh, world, but them like embracing that and like that is different and from things that we've seen on film right yeah so it happens a lot in books but you know it's different for like what we get to see especially on amazon prime so that was another thing fix the premise of your movies like made in manhattan great concept right great premise falls in love with the senator right so like great stuff there there's a little too much now of elder millennial that kind of thing where like they break up with somebody and then they realize that they should be together or they realize that the two people who broke up with each other, that they're together. I'm thinking that that was, there was that Charlie Day, Jenny Slate one that was, that was okay, but that was that premise. But like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of those now and that's like the, the thing they've come with or the, let's have a bunch of characters and then they find out which one likes each other type rom-com that is like something that you do now where it's like, we're oh, we're not going to write one full story. We'll just write four half stories and mm-hmm. it'll come together for one full movie. So then I think thirdly, relatability. Um, this happens a lot when like studio execs think that they are teenage boys and girls and like try to write <laughs> romances between them. But it's like the lingo is all wrong and it's it doesn't feel authentic. 
This movie did feel like relatable in a way. Dude, she tagged me on Face Mash. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. She is DTF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff, yeah. Right. So when they're like, a large part of their relationship at first is like via text. And that's something that we we talk about a lot is like, why can't they get like texting right in movies? Mm-hmm. So they try to do some interesting stuff with that, but it felt like, still like... They feel like they're talking to each other, like they're in the same room and they're narrating it and it's yeah. not showing up on the screen. But also, unrealistic, maybe because they're people of a higher esteem, but like the fact that they were emailing... Oh my is, God. And then their emails get leaked. How like did you could I just, forget that? You could just do that with text, guys. Like You could just have the same exact plot and the text get hacked and they get leaked. Yeah. When we were, when we were watching it, the first thing I said was I that better be a secure server <laughs> because why the fuck are you like sending dirty emails <laughs> it doesn't make any sense people that age wouldn't send emails either but sexting is very relatable right yeah if you can't you know hook up with someone near you you know hey you up you know that's that's very relatable and i think finally i would say why rom-coms don't work today is it escaped me i can't remember the fourth reason they're not funny anymore that too yeah i don't and i i wouldn't say this one is overly funny too i think this one does work but i think that we are missing you know i know i just made a crack about adam sandler because he's still making them but like in the 90s like we were just talking about the wedding singer yesterday Mm -hmm. like that movie's legitimately funny but it also works on its own as a good rom-com and i think rom-coms miss out on the humor a little bit too much. Sometimes they go into the action. There was that Josh Duhamel, Jennifer Lopez one that yeah. like it was kind of funny, but like it wasn't that great. Like that's a, that one had like all the wrong things of like it like the the conflict of them being together didn't make any sense cuz they were in their 50s. Um <laughs> that that's another problem. They're in their 50s. And the other one was then it leaned into like action comedy, which those suck anyway. Stop making action comedies. They fucking suck, man. I fucking hate them. Okay. So chaotic marks coming back (laughs) yeah i guess um i guess i'll work on my fourth reason why rom-coms don't work anymore but those are three solid starts i think well there you go uh a double dip today on movies i would say last voyage of the demeter you are good to wait to streaming but i do recommend red white and royal blue already out on streaming go ahead and see it red white royal brew pop a couple brewskis there you go sit down with some of your closest friends make a drinking game about it yeah every time they email drink uh every time someone says madam president drink every time somebody uh almost like discovers them making out or something mm, drink a good one gay innuendo mm-hmm. drink anytime you see the older prince brother drink finish your drink finish shots yeah. shots just make it through that scene <laughs> anytime they the say face. something political that you're like i'm not so sure drink drink yeah so there you go. There's some rules. You can add your other ones, but Red, White, and Royal Brew is on. Chops, appro- Chops TV approved. Oh, also, I liked when Henry tried to tell Alex that he loved him, and he tried to sink himself at the bottom of the lake. Very relatable. <laughs> just, to, just to dive just out? Just to get away from him. <laughs> Did you try to dive into a lake the first time I told you I loved you? I was actually on a beach. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Well... There you have it. And now, all these years later, we host a podcast together. So you can say it worked out. I guess. Did it work out? Or is it still working itself out? Thanks for listening, everybody. Chops TV. Chops TV is made possible by people who subscribe to podcasts and viewers like you. 